Welcome to the Expat Empire Podcast, the podcast where you can hear from expats around the world and learn how you can join them. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on the Expat Empire Podcast. Before we get to the interview, I want to remind you that we're offering a free consulting call to anyone interested in moving abroad. Whether you're thinking about retiring somewhere warm, starting an international career, or becoming a digital nomad, we're ready to help you think through the next steps in your journey. Send us a message at expatempire.com to schedule your call today. With that said, let's start the conversation. Hi, Anne. Thanks so much for joining us today on the Expat Empire podcast. Hi, David. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's good to connect on our show. I know I was on yours relatively recently and really enjoyed speaking with you there, but you have such an interesting background and, and history and you know travels all over the world and entrepreneurial pursuits. I definitely am excited to dig into it on our show as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited to reconnect. Like you said, you already came on Digital Nomad Stories and shared your story. So I'm, yeah, I'm happy to be here now. Awesome. Well, I think a good place for us to start is if you could tell us a bit about your background, where you're originally from, where around the world you've lived so far and whereabouts you're living right now. Yeah. So I'm from the Netherlands. I have lived um, the longest time in Australia for 10 months, but I also live like here and there in, the, in Southeast Asia, um, two months in Thailand, three months in Vietnam, um, five months in Bali. Um, on end and also like on and off a little bit. So travel around quite a bit. And at the moment, I live in Germany. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so a lot to dig into there for sure. So where did your interest in living abroad or going abroad originally come from? I, I, I got the sense that you had a, a bit of a, you know, maybe more, I don't know, corporate or, or studies-based kind of history, um, you know, from talking before, but I would love just to hear about how that evolved for you. And of course, why you took this big adventure in the first place. Yeah, where it came from is a really good question. Uh, I'm not sure, but I always had this interest. I always told myself, like, one day I want to live abroad. Um, The Netherlands was always a little bit too small for me. Um, And I don't really know why. I remember that when I was really small, I had this dream that I was living in a tent on the driveway. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know where that came from, but I had that dream a few times really Mm. random um so yeah I think it was just always there like that um adventure like nomad life that interest in that in that lifestyle so yeah I don't I don't really know but um yeah when I my my family we didn't really travel a lot together as a family uh we went to Italy a few times which is like from the Netherlands it's like one of these places that so many people go with the Mm -hmm. family um but then when I was in high school, I made a few trips with friends. I had like my one travel buddy. I still travel a lot with her. Um, even like two years ago at the start of the pandemic, we were actually in Thailand together. Um, so I did a lot of trips with her, a few trips with school. And then when I was in university, I traveled like every opportunity I had. Mm-hmm. I just went backpacking <laughs> with or without friends. And yeah, that's that's basically how it started. Mm-hmm. And then as far as then making this big leap into trying to do it full time. So did you have any thoughts coming out of university as to you know, where where you would go or what you sort of needed to do? And how did you uh, maybe adjust to other people's expectations or expectations of yourself in your career as you thought about trying to make this big leap? That was really difficult because I definitely I was very ambitious 
and I had a really big career goal. Um, so I told myself, okay, I, I learned about digital nomad life and full-time travel through podcasts. And I told mm-hmm. myself, oh, one day in the far, far future, I want to do this. But not right now, of course, because now I want to start my career. Um, right. That's what I told myself. And um, my plan was always to become a lawyer. I went to law school and business school. Uh, I have my master's in both. And then at the end of all that, I decided that I didn't want to be a lawyer. Um, but I didn't really have a plan B. So I was looking mm. at strategy consultancy, um, which is basically the same table, but then sitting on, on the other side of the table, which sounded mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Um, but I couldn't really see myself doing these jobs. I, I don't know. It was I mm. just felt like it was not really the perfect fit. But I also had no idea what the alternative was because that was just always my goal. Um, so then... I decided to go on a big trip. I wanted to travel after university before starting my career anyways. But my ideal scenario would be that I already had a job lined up so that I could just spend all my money and not having to worry about finding a job when I got back. That was the ideal situation that Mm -hmm. I had for myself. But I decided while looking for a job, like, I don't even know what I want to do. You know what? I'm just going to travel and I'll figure this out later. (laughs) This is a Mm -hmm. problem for future on it. And yeah, that's what I did. I started backpacking. One of my best friends from law school was in Australia at the time. She was doing a gap year. Um, she's still on a gap year and it's four years later now. So <laughs> that also absolutely escalated. Um, and she asked me, why don't you come to Australia? And we can travel around here together. We can do a working holiday. And I said, okay, but first I want to go to Southeast Asia to do some backpacking and travel around a bit there. Um, and she was she was in. So yeah, we met in, in Cambodia. <laughs> she came from Australia. I came from the Netherlands and we traveled around and then went to Australia together and yeah, that's, that was basically the start of my nomad life, even though it was not really my plan to really mm. build that bit digital nomad career from from there. But it, it was like, in the end, it turned out to be the start of this, of this lifestyle. Right. So we've also talked with other people on the podcast about maybe their adventures as backpackers and doing that over many years and things of that nature. So ultimately, you were kind of you know, going down the same path. And some of those people will, for example, you know, work in hostels or get this kind of, you know, job at, at whatever local tourist place or, or things like that. Um, but it sounds like maybe your ambitions as far as your career were in a different way of trying to to do something more, I, I don't know, maybe more online or more consistent over time as opposed to just picking up odd jobs here and there. So how did you think about that in terms of your options and then ultimately getting to the point where you're you're focused on a single project and building your business? Oh, yeah. Um, let me think back a little bit. So I never worked in a hostel. I never really considered it because Southeast Asia was just so affordable to do to mm. backpack there. Um, so it didn't really make sense for me because I was planning to go to Australia anyways. In Australia, I did have some local jobs. Uh, I worked in hospitality for a while and it was actually really difficult for me to find a job, even though I have tons of experience working in hospitality. I was a bartender when I was in university um, mm. as my part-time job to put myself myself through university. Um, and I just couldn't find a job there, which was mm. 
not what I expected. I expected to just arrive there. Hello, here I am. Hire me. And then that would just mm. like work out, right? Um, that was not what happened. It took me quite a while and I had to like go through all my savings before I mm. finally found a job. Um, so I did that for a while while still not really having an idea mm. of what I wanted to do in the long long term, but it was just like basically surviving. I didn't want to go home. That was right. the only thing I knew by then. Um, and then um, my last few months in Australia, I was doing farm work. Uh, so I was on a working holiday. And if you do mm. uh, like um, certain jobs for at least 88 days, you can get another working holiday visa for another year. Um, and I just did that. I, I wasn't even sure if I wanted to stay another year or, or if I wanted to come back, but I wanted to keep my options open and I needed a job anyways. So I was like, okay, I'll just go to a farm and, and do this work. <laughs> and uh, I worked on a strawberry farm, which was actually quite fun for a while until it was not fun anymore. And that gave me the opportunity to really... Um, turn inward and just think about what I wanted to do because I was there between strawberries. I was just picking strawberries and there was no one to talk to, nothing else to do. It was just me and strawberries. So I just kind of, I was alone with my thoughts a lot. Mm. Um, so I had all the time in the world to think about what I wanted to do and what my next step would be. Uh, I thought about teaching English in mm. Vietnam I really wanted to go back to Vietnam because I love backpacking there. Um, so I thought, oh, I'll just teach English. But as a non-native English speaker, it's actually not that easy to get a job there. Mm -hmm. And I decided I didn't want to risk it because I would have to go through um, like schooling and like going there and then like not right. ending up getting a job would actually really suck. Mm -hmm. um, so I then found a blog post of someone talking about a, uh, a virtual assistant course that she took mm -hmm. and that that really uh, got her started working online. And I never had the intention to become a virtual assistant for a long time or for my career, but I was like, mm, sounds like this would be a way to start working online and making some basic income fast because mm. it's not a lot of up, like upfront investment. I can just find a client and start earning money, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. So I was like, yeah, let's just try this and we'll see how it goes, right? I'll just buy myself some more time and I can do this from Southeast Asia, which was really mm -hmm. important to me that I could back go back to Southeast Asia. And because of the low cost of living there, I also had some time to start this and um some runway i mean i didn't have a ton of money saved because i spent all of my savings <laughs> while looking for a job in australia so it was still like not a huge runway but a little bit of a runway because of the low cost of living mm. um and in that course in that virtual assistant course there was a um a module about podcast management mm. and when i saw that i was intrigued I was like ooh, mm -hmm. like I want to know more I want to learn more about this and I always listen to a lot of podcasts I was always this girl this very annoying girl uh, that always said every second sentence was oh I heard a really interesting podcast and they said blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> um so I was driving my friends right. crazy with this so when I saw this module I was just so intrigued that there was actually so much work going into these podcasts and all these back-end tasks that you can help podcasters do 
Um, so yeah, I basically went from there and that's how I got my business idea and started mm. freelancing. That's great. And so how did you transition from learning about then what, what goes into building a podcast and maintaining it to actually getting your first clients? Were there any, uh, I mean, did you sort of utilize your network or any other particular platforms or how did you build your reputation in the space to be able to start making money? That was not easy. And I am aware now that I didn't really take the best route to do this. <laughs> Like, don't don't try this at home. This is definitely not the most efficient way to do this. But I used Facebook groups to get my first clients. Um, with the course, there was a Facebook group that you could be a part of, and they had some job, job postings there. And I applied to a ton of job postings, like so many. And now that I'm on the other side of mm. the application process and that I'm the person hiring... I now also realized that my applications were not very good. <laughs> mm -hmm. But what I was struggling with is I don't have experience. I know I can do it, but I don't right. have experience. So then how, like, I can tell people I can do it, but then why would they believe me? Um, right. So if you're looking for your first or first few clients now, I would advise you to really um, show your personality because that is how I hire people now based on personality and not necessarily on experience, especially if you don't have experience yet. Tell me about you. Tell me how you learn or what you want to learn, what your goals in life are, uh, what your values are. Um, I think that is so important and I definitely did not do that. So it took me a good maybe two months before I uh, got my first client. And I think I remember, yeah, that I got two clients like around the same time and then nothing for a while and then two clients mm -hmm. at the same time again. But it was really that free freelancer, feast or famine mm -hmm. thing that everyone talks about. That was definitely me. And um, yeah, after a while, I also realized that I am not the perfect freelancer. Freelancing mm -hmm. is not necessarily for me. I think it's not necessarily what I'm good at. Um, so yeah, from there, I also changed the business model, but maybe you want to go into that later. So <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I think, I think that's a great place to go to. I mean, uh, of course we can track back on some things, but I'd be interested to hear about how it developed for you, because I think maybe that's the type of realization a lot of people have is that they're trying something, you know, they're making it work, but it might not be the perfect fit for them and have to reevaluate. So what was your experience with doing that? Well, my experience was, yeah, not great. I had some very difficult clients, to be honest. Um, I also had some great clients who were very easy to work with, especially one, like my very first client, I worked with her for, I think, almost a year. And it was really easy. Like she knew exactly what she wanted me to do. I knew how to do it. And there was never any anything going on like we barely had any meetings because we just both knew what to expect and what to do right. and that was it but then I also had some not so great clients who expected a lot um didn't want to pay a fair rate mm. um and that was very interesting I learned a lot from mm. that experience um but yeah it was not sustainable for sure um I had clients who wanted me to be online all the time, a ton of meetings, and I was barely making a living from working mm -hmm. for them. Uh, and 
I was just working so much, even though I was in a really cool place, I couldn't really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. So that was also not really how I imagined a digital nomad life. So I knew that something had to change. I had to, I had to find different clients, but I also wanted to do different work because mm-hmm. I lo- love helping podcasters and I love some parts of podcast management. Like I love editing podcasts. That is really my thing. I also think I'm pretty good at it. And I enjoy just listening to the content and going through that. I love that so much, especially when it's a cool podcast and all my current clients have cool podcasts. So I could do that all day. Um, But other things like creating graphics, writing show notes, uploading the episodes, it was kind of boring to me. And I know that other people... I have a person on my team now who does all the show notes. Uh, She's my copywriter and she's awesome at it and she loves it. And that was just not how I felt about this at (laughs) all. Um, So I just thought if some people love this, then they should do it. And then I can do what I want to do. Right. Um, So slowly but surely, (laughs) (laughs) I realized that an agency model actually makes a lot of sense for my business and yeah what I have now is there is someone who does show notes for all clients who is amazing at it um someone else does all social media things which is Mm -hmm. also just not my the thing that like lights me up Mm -hmm. and I now also have an editor because it's just becoming too much and the cool thing is that the business is way more stable now also because if one client decides to stop working with us, which happens, then that's that's okay because there's still a few other clients left. But I worked right. with a few clients and what happened to me at the start of the pandemic is that one, my biggest client actually said one day to the other, I want to stop working with you. I cannot pay you anymore. Um, mm. And she breached a contract. Um, so she was actually supposed to pay me and she didn't. And then what do you do? Mm. I mean, technically you can go to court, but that is right. a lot of energy and money going into that. Um, so right. yeah, that's that was just not great. And I, I realized that that was also just not a sustainable way of doing business for me because I just couldn't I had a lot of stress like Mm. oh my god what if a client um cancels on our um our agreement or uh, if a client fires me Uh, so yeah this agency model works a lot better for me I can do a lot more of the tasks that I really want to do I have way more time to actually connect with clients and help them and then my team can take care of all the back-end tasks Mm. and the tasks that they really enjoy and that they're really good at Yeah, I think it's great to hear that evolution of your story and you can see those pain points in your experience, whether that was not as good customers and clients or, you know, contract breach or the type of lifestyle that you really wanted to have as digital nomad that led you to moving toward uh, an agency model. So I think it makes a lot of sense. It's really good for our listeners to hear that as well. But um, I'm curious, though, given that you love really editing podcasts and now you have so many other responsibilities, right? I mean, of course you had those as well, even when you were on your own. Um, But given that you also are hiring an editor, you know, do you find that you still get to do all the things that you really love to do with your time? Because I know for me as an entrepreneur as well, there are some things that, as you said, sort of give you that energy or give you that light and, and that, you know, passion to move forward. And there are other tasks that are better left to other people that get their passion from them. 
So I'm wondering how you've been able to balance that as you've taken on the role of an agency owner. Um, yeah, I'm still working on it, to be honest. Um, it's it's difficult, and I feel like it also changes. I don't think I will ever reach this point that I'm like, okay, everything is perfect now. Everyone hold your breath and don't move because this is it. I just don't really think that I'll ever reach that point. But um, I also realize, even though I love editing podcasts, and I just said I could do it all day, I actually think I couldn't do it all day because it is a lot of time staring at my computer screen and I love that for a few episodes per week but not dozens Mm. um so what I do now is that my editor edits most of the content and then a few things that I want to do or an episode that I'm super excited about I can edit those Mm -hmm. Uh, or a client that has something special with their episodes that I really enjoy editing I can edit those but I can really pick and choose And I also have my own podcast, Digital Nomad Stories, and I do all editing for that podcast. I do everything for that podcast. Um, And that is a conscious decision, of course, because I want to see this as and keep this as my passion project. And I just want to do what I can for that and Mm -hmm. not outsource anything yet maybe at some point this will change but I really want to keep telling myself this is my hobby (laughs) so (laughs) I I try to also use that to put all my creative like all my creativity into that podcast it is a balancing act like some weeks it's great and I have enough time to like talk to my team and my clients and also take a break in between. And then some days I just shared before we hit record, today I have a day of back-to-back calls. I have four mm-hmm. calls back-to-back um, and that is actually too much for me personally. Like it's, I know that I'll be super tired um, when I'm done working today and yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's also part of it. Like, I'm definitely not perfect. I'm definitely still working on it. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it is a balancing act and we all have to kind of adjust and it never really ends, like you said. I mean, I think that's yeah. part of the evolution, right? So, um, but to that end, I was kind of thinking about what you were talking about in your original business where you didn't have as much time to enjoy the locations where you were around the world. So how did you kind of try to balance those things even in your life in terms of enjoying the digital nomad life and the promise of it because I think it's so flashy and attractive on the surface but when you try to get into actually running a business building a business whatever it looks like whether it's an agency or you as a freelancer or you know anything else in between um, uh, you know that that can kind of rub up against uh, the the promise in a way um, to make sure that you don't feel like you're maybe missing out on too many things, whether that's work or in life. So how did you think about that? And maybe how did your thinking and behavior evolve over the months that you were traveling? I learned a lot about this just from the previous um, trip or like the start of my business. So when I started uh, the business, it was just work, work, work. And I also kind of planned for that. It was also the most important part of my life at that time because I did the traveling before that Mm. so I was also fine just um staying at my computer and just doing a lot of work but then at some point it got me a little bit burnt out because I was just working so much and I yeah like you said I didn't really have time to enjoy the location that I was so now 
I have a plan. Um, <laughs> we actually have an apartment now and we um, have had this apartment for a few months and we're preparing to go on a big trip again in October. So that mm. is in more than six months. And before I just kept telling myself, okay, next month we'll leave on a trip again. And next month, oh, we didn't make it. Okay, next month, next month. But every time there was something. Um, mm. And I realized that I didn't want to do the trip how we did it last time when I was new in business because it was really stressful for me. I had a lot of stress from working a lot, but also just financial stress. It was all not looking fantastic. And I also had to work a lot, um, which was also not great. It was just all these factors were making me not enjoy the location as much as I wanted. So it was not just the time freedom, but also the financial freedom that I was missing. So now this time I want to also take this, these few months before we leave on another big trip to make sure that my business is stable, that my team knows exactly what they, what they need to do. And then I don't have to work full days. And mm -hmm. I also want to take vacation because that is also something that I know many new entrepreneurs mm -hmm. forget. And I was definitely, I am definitely one of them. Uh, it's really difficult to step away for a day. That's okay. I don't work weekends. Okay, that is a boundary that I have had for a while. But really stepping away for a week or two weeks, whew, that is difficult. <laughs> <laughs> the show right. must go on, right? And now that I have a team, in theory, that should be, that should be possible. Yeah. So now <laughs> I also have to actually do it. Um, so uh, well, two weeks ago, I took a week off and my team ran the show and it went really well. So I have a few one week vacations planned in the next few uh, months to also kind of like test the waters so mm -hmm. that when we leave in October, I can actually take a vacation and my team can just do what they do best and my clients will still be taken care of and I can just take some time to actually travel again instead of um, also worrying about Wi-Fi speeds and um, <laughs> Airbnbs. Do I have a table that I can work on? And, you know, like there's all these um, extra things that come with working at a location. Um, so I'm really excited about that. So that is one thing that I'm working on, but also financial stability. I just want to know what comes in every month. Uh, at least a minimum. And that is mm -hmm. not what I had before. It was just going up and down so much. And that is also not really sustainable. And when you're traveling, when you don't have um, a, like a home base, it also, it's not the most horrible thing because you don't really have that many fixed expenses. If I had a slow month, I would go live somewhere where rent is really cheap. And then you also, your expenses are also lower, but still I don't want to think about that anymore. <laughs> mm, not that, right. that I'm planning to be super rich and go wherever I want, but just like a base income is also just really important for me so that I don't have to stress about the financial situation so much. So um, that is basically what I'm working on now. So just to nice. make sure that that balance is a little bit more towards travel. while last time the balance was more towards work right right i think it's super important and it's great to hear your plans and also how you've kind of worked to, worked through some of those challenges to try to figure out solutions and build a team around you that can make it happen 
Uh, it's really exciting to hear that. And I know those struggles firsthand. So congrats on your success and progress so far. Um, but I'd actually like to ask a bit about, of course, uh, you're now, as you said, you have an apartment. Uh, it sounds like you have a more, let's say, quote unquote, stable situation as opposed to always moving from country to country. So would love to hear just how that developed for you. Why why you did that? I mean, I suppose it may have something to do with <laughs> the background of the pandemic. I don't know. Um, but also, of course, why in Germany then and whereabouts in Germany that you ended up? Yes, the pandemic definitely had something to do with it. But I don't know if it was if I can just say that the pandemic was a reason because I traveled full time for two years and in the first August of the pandemic. So I think that's August, 2020. Um, we were in Bali and the visa situation was just getting complicated. Um, eventually it turned out we could stay, but it was just getting so complicated. I was away from home for two years in a pandemic. So I was like, you know what? I'll just see this as a sign from the universe. We're going home. Um, and I did with the plan. Oh, you know, like, well, we'll just wait out the pandemic. Ha ha. <laughs> Said mm -hmm. that several times, but that obviously never right. happened. Um, and then we'll just leave again, you know. But um, yeah, pandemic made it difficult and also more expensive to travel because you need to get tests and flights. Like, well, will the flights get canceled or not? Or so that definitely made it more yeah difficult it was it was just difficult <laughs> and mm -hmm. a lot of paperwork and extra research that you had to do to make sure that you could actually go to the country where you wanted to get in and then in the end everything got cancelled anyway so you know like it was just so difficult um so I also was fine spending some more time with my family than originally mm -hmm. planned then my dad had some health issues so I was actually very happy that I could be there mm -hmm for him to help him um then my dad got a new dog which was kind of like in the same time that he still had some health issues so I was all of a sudden taking care of an eight-week-old puppy um <laughs> which was super cute and also like again I'm super happy that I was around for that because that was also just such a good experience um <laughs> So yeah, we just didn't really leave again. It's just like I like I already said every time, oh, next month or in a few weeks, maybe we can go there. But then also some things in business. Um, it is not all rainbows and unicorns in business. I had some, uh, I had a really tough time at the start of 2021, um, end of 2020. Things were not going great in business. I was not making a ton of money. I think I was even making a loss for quite a few months um so that also didn't make it easy to leave <laughs> mm -hmm. so it was right. actually it was actually really nice to have the opportunity to stay at my dad's place spend time with family while also building up my business again I had some I, I made some changes I'll give you a little bit of the background I made some changes um to my business which I'm super happy about that I did that but uh, I don't know about the timing was probably not the best <laughs> timing for it um, but I got a full rebranding I got a new business name new website a new podcast everything new mm. which is awesome like it looks really good I'm still very happy we're more than a year later now and I'm still very happy that I did that but timing wise mm, wouldn't recommend it to do it when you're not like that stable in your revenue yet 
Right. So it was a little bit of an all or nothing situation and it turned out to be nothing for quite a a while. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I also had to take some time to build up the business again and eventually I did. And um, my partner, he um, was not a digital nomad yet at least Mm -hmm. and he had to take a job and he decided to go back to his home country Germany. Uh, he's mm. from Hamburg and got a local job here. Um, and we were doing the, like semi long distance. It's not mm. that long distance, but it's still, it's a six hour drive between where his parents were, uh, are living and my parents. So it's also not that you just visit each other that easily. Um, so that was actually quite tough. I didn't like it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah>. And um, <laughs> after a while I decided he, he got a new job, which was um, a local job where he could also work remotely for some part of the time. So it was it's more of like a hybrid job. And I decided to move to Hamburg so that I could spend more time with him and we don't have to do a long distance thing anymore. Mm. And then we can travel from here. So we, ha- we now have a home base and we're planning to do some trips from here. And then in October, we want to sublet the apartment and go for at least six months and see how that goes. Um, but it was also a process, just like getting an apartment mm-hmm. again. I was, I don't know, I was very against it at first. I was like, no, I do not want to settle down and I do not want to get furniture. I live on my backpack. <laughs> that is who I am. You know, I had this identity as a traveler. And as someone who doesn't have a home base, and it was quite difficult to let go of that and just like go with the flow and see how how I like it. And turns out it's actually really nice. I really (laughs) like having an apartment and having a place to call home. And my partner and like several other people really had to tell me like, it doesn't mean that you're not allowed to leave. It's not a prison. Right, right. And I kind of forgot about that, that it is not a prison. Like I am still allowed to leave. I just have to pay rent every month and then I can still do what I want. Um, So yeah, it turned out to be really nice. And also I think good for my business because like we talked about before, traveling and working, it's really difficult to find a balance. And for me, I think it actually has been really good to not travel for a while even though sometimes it felt not Mm -hmm. good and I wanted to travel so bad but I'm glad I didn't because that made me really focus on business for a while and then now next step is making my business ready to travel again and just that time was definitely what I needed without Mm -hmm. knowing it at the time yeah that's a it's a great story and I appreciate the context that you provided and I can see how your thinking on it has changed over the the last months and years. So great to hear about your changes in progress there. Um, I'm curious a bit though. I mean, of course it's, as you said, maybe a six hour drive, which certainly uh, isn't the shortest time, maybe not the longest either between um, your hometowns. But what I'm curious about is how it's been for you to adjust to life in Germany. I mean, obviously this is a unique situation as well. And luckily you have your partner there to be able to kind of show you the ropes if there are any to, to figure out. But how have you found the experience? How would you kind of compare maybe a bit of the, uh, you know, Dutch culture with German culture and things like that? Um, yeah, this this has been really interesting, actually, um, because it is so close. And my parents, they also live close to the German border. I grew up really close to the German border. 
but it's different. And especially Hamburg, like the border region is, I think, still very similar. But then Hamburg is is like really Germany. Um, so I didn't really expect there to be many change, changes or differences, but there definitely are. And when I came here first, I was like, oh, like it's so stupid how they do it here. And why why is it so different? Um, because I just saw it as the same culture. And it took me a few weeks to realize I am in a different country. Even mm-hmm. though I didn't travel by plane, doesn't mean that it doesn't count, you know? Like it's still a different cult- culture, different country. Um, and I... I'm the, I'm I'm a guest here. I should adapt to their culture and not the other way around. Of course. I mean, I don't know why that was such a thing for me. Like when I go to Bali, I expect the culture to be so different and I'm really good I think at adapting to someone else's culture. But here in Germany, it um yeah, it wasn't that easy for me because I just assume that it would be the same but there are definitely differences and um i also kind of like that you know it is definitely living abroad which is what i always wanted for myself so i also try to enjoy that i really try to enjoy how close i am to my family like distance wise that i'm close to my family and so i try to visit them a lot um especially because we're planning a big trip from october on so i'll probably won't see them for at least six months from then on so for now, I just try to visit and go to the Netherlands a lot, see my friends. And also, uh, I have been building a relationship with my in-laws, which is also quite a unique situation that we're quite close to them. Um, so yeah, um, it, it definitely has been different than living in, in the Netherlands, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And as you said, it, it's, um, I mean, even though there's a border there and sometimes it seems like such a I, I don't know, arbitrary thing. Like they put a line here and it could have been a few kilometers one way or another. It's just a line, you know, but and you can drive But you don't even see it. But you don't even see it. Yeah, to no. your point, you don't, it's not like there's a, you know, anything you have to worry about crossing over that, especially in the EU. But, um, but obviously on a cultural level, a language level and everything else, there's so many differences. So it's good to hear that you're living that abroad life, even if it's not quite as, quite as foreign or unique or different as you had uh, maybe thought about initially. Um, but yeah, I think that kind of takes us to a good spot as far as our discussion so far. I know that uh, you've shared a lot of really great insights and advice and, and tips as far as the experiences that you've, you've had as a digital nomad and entrepreneur. Do you have any sort of parting words or last thoughts for our listeners as they think about maybe starting their own remote businesses or to try to go abroad as a digital nomad, especially in this new environment? Yeah, I think for both online business, but also starting a new lifestyle, I think you just got to do it and try it out and you'll learn along the way um, for both. You don't know what you want before you just try it out. You can read about online business for years and years. Like I've been to business school. I have my MBA, but still I didn't know anything about starting a business or running my own business. They just teach you how to run someone else's business. Um, so you just got to do it and you'll figure it out. Same goes with digital nomad lifestyle. Maybe you think you'll like to travel fast. And once you do it, you realize that you like slow travel way more. Or I just, I learned so much from traveling also. Apparently community is really important to me. But if you would have told me that before I, I started traveling, I would have been like, no, I want to go off the beaten path and mm-hmm. see things that no one has ever seen before. 
But especially when you work and travel, turns out that's not the easiest way to do things. And there is mm-hmm. a reason why there are digital nomad communities and why everyone goes to the same places. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think just do it, try it out and, um, yeah, change the plan as you go. <laughs> yeah, good advice. I think that's what a lot of folks end up sending the message of is just give it a, you know, give it a shot, figure it out as you go. And and I think that's a great way uh, for people to get started. So of course, as we talked about, I know you have your own podcast, so it'd be great if you could tell us a bit about that, where people can find you and, and just keep on, on track of what you're up to. Yeah. So I have two podcasts. The one about Digital Nomad Live is called Digital Nomad Stories. And I was actually just working on a new website. Um, the new website is digitalnomadstories.co. Um, so you can find me there. There's also an Instagram account, uh, Digital Nomad Stories Podcast. And I also, my business is called The Podcast Babes. Um, I also have a podcast that is called The Podcast Babes and also an Instagram channel. So you can also check that out. And the website for that is thepodcastbabes.com. Uh, so if you are a podcaster and you're looking for podcast management or podcast monetization advice, then you can go there and check out our content. Awesome. I love it. I'll definitely make sure all those links are in our show notes. Thank you again so much for your time, Anne. It's been a pleasure to speak with you and look forward to seeing where your travels take you in the coming months. Thank you so much for having me, David. It was so good to be here and to reconnect. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a minute and give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. It helps new listeners find us and lets us know that we are putting out content that you appreciate. You can quickly find out where and how to rate us at ratethispodcast.com slash expatempire. If you know anyone who would appreciate this podcast, please tell them about it so we can continue growing the global expat empire community. Keep up to date on new expat empire podcast episodes by pressing the subscribe button in the podcasting app of your choice. You can also visit expatempire.com and sign up for our newsletter to get our free ebook, Top 10 Tips for Moving Abroad, right now. We are also on Facebook and Instagram at Expat Empire, so be sure to follow us there. We are currently offering free consulting calls to discuss your moving plans and how Expat Empire can help you to achieve them. Please visit our website to schedule your call today. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode in the coming weeks.